Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, and I have an awesome guest with me here today, Ryan. Ryan's been a mentor of mine for some time now, and I'm super excited to have you here. Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, You've been an inspiration of mine and getting to watch you and your journey through the career as well. So uh, thank you for having me. Really looking forward to talking today. Yeah, it's going to be so great. Thank you for saying that too. It means the world coming from you. And can you tell our guests a little bit about yourself, you know, your journey in entrepreneurship or even how you've started to transition into going back into corporate or at least something in those in that direction? I think they're really going to resonate with everything that you have to say today. So just start off by sharing a little bit more about you. Well, no problem. I will keep it brief since I've I guess I've been on this earth long enough to have a long story at this stage. Um, I, for the better part of my career, spent 20, 25 years in industry, in operational and uh, strategic executive roles. Uh, coming out of that, I had an opportunity to pursue a passion of mine, which was working with organizations to help them through transformation, um, organizational change. Um, and I decided to found my own consulting agency then. Um, and for the pa- better part of the past, I guess almost four years now, I have had the pleasure of working with a whole host of organizations as well as hosting my own podcast, uh, which we've had the pleasure of, of talking about as well. And just recently, having seen some changes in the market and a real push uh, from organizations to embed what I would call organizational change agency in their leadership, you know, I've really started considering the opportunity of moving back in more to full-time roles within organizations and have been having some great conversations there. So I guess I've definitely been on the roller coaster journey of founding my own organ company. Actually, I founded uh, three companies now, worked professionally for startups all the way through Fortune 200 organizations. 
It's awesome. It's great to hear your background and how you still gave yourself the time and space to go and enjoy your passion project and see that through. And we've talked about how important that is for our family members to see that and people in our inner circles to see us betting on ourselves, but also just the knowledge that you have. And I love how you mentioned the change in organizations. Can you tell us a little bit more about people that you've worked with, whether it's through, you know, your own business or just their organization in general and how you've been able to help them with those changes? Sure. I think I'd like to first start and just, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about the point you talked about on passion, because I think it'll tie into this change agency. The passion concept of this, I think is really important. I I'm still chasing that, even with my focus on looking back to go back full time. It's still about doing the work I love. And the reason that's important is I've had the opportunity to work with people who are doing what they love. Uh, it might be in a particular domain in that opportunity. Um, but often as they're on that journey, you hit points where you've reached the next level. You're looking at growth or scale. And there are new challenges maybe you haven't faced before. And I, all the folks have had the pleasure of working with organizations of different sizes. They're bright, smart. They've done great things. But I think anybody who's run their own organization also knows, I mean, this isn't a 40-hour-a-week job. There's a lot that goes with it. Uh, there's a lot that it takes to learn. And so I've really worked with them to help them along the journey, um, help give them perspective, perhaps in areas they haven't looked at, maybe uh, shorten the time it takes to learn something new. So a number of organizations have looked at like, what's next? Where do we want to go? How do we get there? That journey can be very scary because you don't know what those waypoints are going to be along the way. And I really try to help guide having lived a number of those journeys and, and perhaps having that view of uh, not living in the day-to-day -day like they do, um, that I'm able to help guide them through that and you know, shorten that trip in many ways and maybe reduce some of the risk or mistakes that may come along the way when you feel like you have to do it on your own. Oh my gosh, it's so valuable what you do and how you're able to help business owners because even speaking from my own point of view, which a lot of our podcast listeners know about my journey and how the business has grown or where we might be headed with things and it can bring up a lot of scarcity, you know, in the moment, what is next and what is that future going to look like? And how do you help your clients overcome that from a mindset standpoint and allow them to give themselves the space and time that it takes in order to get there? Well, I think the first challenge that people often deal with and I work with them on is to have the, I'd call it peace of mind to know it's okay not to do everything. I think when we're looking at this and you're facing those scarcity issues, you could be overwhelmed with, let's say, you want to go take a trip up Mount Everest and you're standing there at the base and you're looking up and you're thinking, how in the world am I going to get there? Um, and it's difficult because you, you don't see that whole trip and, and you're worried about it. And sometimes it's about, well, how do we take the first step and how do we get to base camp and how do we move there? And I think that's important. So helping them see some of the steps, but also I think sometimes it's good knowing, hey, you're going to be okay. Just because you don't have all the answers doesn't mean you're not going to get there. You'll find your way. You'll get there. So part of it is a little bit of peace of mind. 
Part of it is perhaps helping figure out what those first steps would be. And knowing it's okay not to know all the answers and knowing it's okay, realizing that you'll discover some of those answers along your journey. And those answers will be right for you because, you know, just like in your own journey, the steps you've taken are great. They may not be the same steps others have taken, but they've also been successful. And I think that's part of the role. And then I think the final item is how do you do it effectively? So how do you make sure you take the right kinds of food or up the mountain or your oxygen tanks or whatever you may need? And that's where I try to leverage a bit of my experience, both personally, as well as working with organizations on, you know, what does it take to do those things successfully? How do we um, make sure we have the right foundations built along the way? And that's, I would say, probably a pretty good uh, cross-section of the kinds of things I I do with people and have done with folks is they've really moved along that journey and path. That's so great. Yeah. It's awesome to hear you talk about the tools that they need, you know, in order to support themselves along the way. Like I love the analogy of an oxygen mask or food that they need to take up the mountain, because I know speaking from my own point of view, if I didn't have the tools or the support or the guidance, especially from someone like you, it was very challenging. Even when I was looking at something like deciding a system for my business. Um, And I know that that's something that we talked about really frequently. And I just was wondering if you had any, you know, tips or advice for current entrepreneurs that might just be trying to find systems or operations and really how to streamline their business. Um, This is a topic that's coming up very frequently in a lot of my networking groups too. So I thought that that might be um, just a great tip for potential new entrepreneurs. No, I think that's a great point. And for many of us, it can be really daunting because if we uh, aren't experts in that space, trying to figure out what does all this do, um, how do I automate or use systems or processes to help me uh, move forward? Um, And I think it's key to, I always say, keep simple in mind. And what I mean by that is start simple. Um, You don't have to have a system for everything. You don't have to have a system for everything in a month. Begin with a single step. Begin by figuring out where you might want to start. The other thing um, I'm often talking to people about is where are you doing things that are repeatable? Where are you doing things that, quite honestly, um, it's not about you and the value you bring to something. It's just a step, right? So if As an example, um, you're doing something and at some point you're always sending out a contract to people at a certain step. Well, even if that's only five minutes of your time every time, that may be a valuable thing if you can have something in a process where a contract can automatically go out and someone signs it and that saves you something. There is no, like I said, value in your time chasing down contracts or writing them or sending them out unless you're a lawyer. So I would say, you know, that might be a simple area. And then when it comes to actually looking at tools, they can be incredibly daunting. Uh, There's a lot of things, often they're promising opportunities to do things you haven't even thought about yet. I advise don't get caught up in a lot of that hype. I mean, that's marketing and that's sales and that's what technology organizations are supposed to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is often selling you on a model you may not need. So look at what your needs are now. And look at what meets that. And don't kind of get caught up buying ahead of the curve. 
Um, I think there's a lot of very simple solutions out there that can do what you need. And there's a lot of great complex solutions that can promise you to do a lot, but you may not need that. And you may end up buying for something that you end up not realizing the value from. So often there, it kind of comes back to value. It comes back to the value of your time. And if your time really isn't being used in a valuable way on certain things, that might be a look or a chance to go forward with something and systematizing it. And the same thing, what value is that solution bringing you now? Not so much the potential value. Such a great point. And I know how much you stressed that for me early on. And I really didn't understand what that, like what that even really meant until I got on some of these sales calls. And it was like, oh, we have this, you know, or we can help you this with your payment process and cut down XYZ cost. And, you know, then there's a lot of questions and due diligence that can go into finding those answers out from the business owner, which also is a lot of time energy, which is really what they're looking to outsource anyhow. So yeah, I love that you mentioned it can actually have that inverted effect if you dive in and you buy ahead of that curve, just get what you need currently, especially if you're first starting out and then you can always build from there. And I know that that's something that we really talked about a lot when I was looking at systems and processes, which was very valuable for me. Yeah. And I think the thing I would also say kind of to add on Mm -hmm. is you don't really know where you're going to be in a year. I'm sure if you look back and say, you know, if you, where you started a year later, were you doing everything you thought you do? Probably not. There's some new things that have come up. So buying for a potential future when that future may not even occur yeah. can be challenging. And that's not saying go bargain basement, go buy cheap or anything like that. But nowadays, particularly um, items can be automated. Change isn't that hard over to new systems. And what we find is the more flexible you leave things, um, you don't want to get locked into something too, where I've seen businesses say, well, we can't do this because it's just too hard to like change or move. It's too hard to take this new thing on. And so they're, they're missing out on taking new opportunities because they don't have that opportunity to scale and they don't have that opportunity to shift when they need to. Yeah, that's the flexibility in business is something I talk about a lot on this podcast. And that's such a great example. If if it seems really daunting to be switching to a new system or adjusting, it's it really can have that lag effect on the business. And I love how you're mentioning even possibly hurt something like revenue, which I think a lot of business owners it's difficult for us to see the perspective or the longevity and the outcome of a system when a lot of work needs to be done up front for adjustment. But if it's going to help us get more funding in the long run, build revenue, scale, then isn't it worth it You know, at the beginning? So that was a huge mindset shift that I know you helped me make early on. And I just wanted to drive that home for any of our listeners that may be in the market for those systems currently. Yeah, sure. And I think you're right. <clears throat> there's there's nothing wrong with buying possibility or or future opportunity. But I do think for a lot of folks, particularly your listeners and those who might be starting off or in um, new industries or where, wherever they may be pursuing, there's often a lot of change and there's a lot we learn. And because of that, 
you know, I've seen organizations that have said, you know, well, we had this new thing, but to do this, it would be so hard. And the amount of that we'd have to do this, and the amount of people we'd have to add that they don't pursue. So I just think that your place um, is important, you know, and there's very mature organizations that probably know where they are. Um, you know, they've been doing things for 30 years. They're not going to see dramatic changes a year from now. And, and maybe that's where it's a little bit easier to look. But then there's other organizations where, you know, even in my own consulting, I've worked and changed my focus over the, the almost four years. And if you had said buy a system that does something day one, I probably would only be using half of it. And I may not have been able to pursue other things I wanted to do as a result. Yeah. I love, I love how you're also stressing the side of the long, the time that it takes. And then also like these systems are expensive, you know, it can be an overhead adjustment for an, especially an online entrepreneur that's used to having little to no overhead. So it can also be like a little bit of that mindset shift. And I know with my developers that I'm working with, they're mentioning a lot of this now, you know, and even thinking about an agency model, even a year ago seemed so out of reach for me. And now it's something that we're in the process of building, which has had its own mindset shifts in itself. But allowing myself to see the possibilities and not get so stuck on the one, you know, solopreneur model that was really how I built this business, you know? Well, and I think that's a great point, right? And, and now you're, you're moving past process, you're moving to opportunity, which is a great conversation because in your journey, um, you discovered areas, you discovered needs, you discovered places where you can go. You may have had that initial view of, you know, you are the product, right? And I mean that in the way of what's in between your ears is what you're selling and, and your ability to help people. Um, and that's okay. There's positives and negatives with that. Uh, I only pursue for myself uh, because I've run consulting agencies and know some of the positives and drawbacks. I just didn't want to go down that path. But but I also, that ties a hand behind my back when I do certain things and that's okay. You know, I went into that with open eyes and I understood what was happening. And for you along the path to see you now maybe going down the path more of the agency perspective or adding that into the portfolio, you know, that's a different model. And now, you know, yes, what's between directly between your ears is great, but it's now also what's in your heart to lead that. And it's also, you know, what's in your experience to figure out what that's going to look like, because that will involve others. And now it might be less about each individual product, but more, how are you shaping a culture of an organization? How are you shaping the structure of an organization so that it can continually provide value to clients? Um, and, you know, for it to go to any size, you probably won't be working on every client. It'll be other people who are doing things. And so as a result, um, you're not, you know, you're not recreating minions of yourself uh, with little yellow people running around who all can do the same thing. The question is, how do you put a system and understanding in place so people can deliver to the level you're looking for um, in whatever way you're hoping to differentiate and provide value to your clients? Yeah. Wow. Beautifully said. And I love how you mentioned about the people that you're hiring and how important those people are because 
you know, that you and I have chatted about this outside of podcasting, but hiring people was a whole nother learning curve for me. And not to say that people that I've worked with in the past aren't extremely talented, but did I even have the system and process in place in order to train them to make them the most successful? You know, that was a huge, another pivot of mine, which I know we always talked about was what is the process, you know, and what's the ROI on the process and how can we continue to sell that ROI based out of XYZ process. But coming at it from this logistics standpoint is something that a lot of my listeners have have never even really thought about, you know, um, especially coming from a service-based business. A lot of them have been solopreneurs. They're either therapists or they're energy healers, or they're currently, you know, an esthetician working in their own spa. So thinking about hiring other people and expanding those services hasn't really crossed a lot of their minds. But once you reach that point in business and the opportunity is there to scale, the credibility is built, you know, it kind of becomes this standoff, like which direction is next? You know, which path can I start to take? And coming back to your story, Ryan, like, is there any advice that you could give to somebody as they're thinking about building an agency model or saying more in that solopreneur standpoint or more that consulting standpoint as you defined it um, and what how they might be able to figure that out a little bit sooner or faster if need be. I think there's two things. I think one is in the end, it still comes down to the human side. So the human side being you. And what is it you want from all of this, right? What is it that drives you? What is it that you enjoy? I think if you grow to a couple people, there's always the opportunity to continue being involved in, in the work itself. Um, if you're a esthetician and you want to grow a business to have your own shop with 20 other estheticians, you may never work on clients again. You may never get to talk with them about their skin or anything else. You That may be great. You may love that. And you may really be interested in that, but go into that eyes open as you make that choice, because it will not be the same thing. And you want to wake up every day enjoying going into work, particularly with all the time you're going to have to put in. So I think one, it's important to think about what is it you really want out of this, right? There's pros and cons. Obviously there's financial opportunity to grow something, but yeah, I think as we've seen in the last three years, um, a lot of people are backing out of chasing just the financial opportunity. And they're also wanting to chase enjoyment and quality of life and everything else that goes along with that. And there's so there's no wrong answer there. I think then when you decide or if you decide that you do want to add people, it's not about replicating yourself, right? Um, I think you have to first start by feeling, well, what's your role going to be? And then what's the role of the people who will be coming in? And once you start to understand that and, and what does that look like, think about, well, what kind of qualities or capabilities does someone like that need to have? And I think you can think about that yourself. I would also say the nice thing in today's age is there's a lot of ways to get information quickly. So if you're an esthetician, you can probably pretty quickly look around and find job descriptions for other estheticians or things like that and start looking and saying, well, okay, I like this. Not exactly a fan of this. And you can begin pulling together, you know, what that is and then going through the process. I would say, allow yourself to go through that process. Don't get discouraged people will probably leave. You know, you're gonna, you may have some missteps. That's 
like most things, right? It's, it's like anything we do, nobody kind of starts doing something perfectly. You don't go out and hit a golf ball 300 yards straight all the time. You make mistakes and you learn along the way. Um, and I think in that case, get started, get started simple. Uh, if you start with one, figure out what that is. Um, I do think you should assume that whoever comes in, and this is often something I see, they don't have the same motivations you do. Don't forget, you're the one who owns the business. They're there most likely collecting a paycheck. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but that's who they are. And I think you have to keep that in mind. So they're not going to focus on things. And when you're looking at something, it's past five o'clock and it's been something, a mess is left on the floor and you're sitting there cleaning it up and you're wondering why others don't, they may be, well, you know, it was five o'clock, I was done and I don't get paid to stick, get paid to stick around and do more. And you make that benefit. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind that I see a lot of owners run into is they're sometimes they're stunned that not everybody has the same focus they do. I would say realistically, I don't think it's fair to expect that they would because they don't have the skin in the game that you do. And that's just one of those lessons that I think a lot of people learn along the way. Yeah. I love how you mentioned the the intention or, you know, the pursue, like the passion really is what you're describing. It's like, we can't expect other people that don't have the skin in the game to have that same upfront energy. And that was a huge learning curve for me. And even now, when I think about it, it's like, what pressure am I putting on myself internally to succeed or exceed my expectations of myself? And how can I start to really monitor those expectations and also explain to my clients, hey, you know, if you're not happy with the service or if something's going on where when you're speaking to an account manager of mine, please tell me, you know, like open communication is the best possible way. And that vice versa, if my account manager is having an experience with a client we need to be able to have a conversation about how to handle that situation or move forward. I was just speaking with someone the other day at a family party. A lot of business, being a business owner is really managing personalities, you know, um, whether you're speaking about your clients or your team members or even yourself. Um, and that's been a huge adjustment for me in my mindset. So I really appreciate that perspective. And I love how you mentioned starting simple and really just like, I feel like that's really the tone of what you've been saying today is start where you are, know what your needs are, and then be able to help yourself depending on that simplicity of how you can start to offload this or look for a potential way to figure out what your path would be. But yeah, I also love what you mentioned about uh, the intention and what you want for your life. You know, when we got into this, when you and I first met almost five years ago now, no one was talking about that. You know, everybody was focused on revenue. And even when I was down at Drexel University speaking last week, my the professor that I was speaking with, she mentioned that no one currently at Drexel in their community business school is talking about, you know, um, the quality of life as an entrepreneur, rather than they're just really focused on the revenue, which makes sense when they're in college and studying finance and things like that. But yeah, I think that that's a huge piece that a lot of people miss in our industry in particular. Well, I think, you know, why do people often get into starting their own business? It's because they 
want control over the situation. They want that flexibility. They think it comes quality of life. And I run into so many people who say the business has taken over my life. Um, you know, the business is running me. I'm not running the business. You'll often hear it's like a chorus out there. And I think I then see often this sort of despondence in their eyes where it's sort of, well, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that because that's that's sad. Um, I feel for them because they got into it for whole other reasons. And, and that's why thinking about it, um, part of being simple in the way you do things or your intention is you give yourself time to think and reflect. You have to think and reflect. You can't just do your day-to-day tasks. You can't just run at a million miles an hour. You've got to go back. And it's the same thing that happens even with staff, right? You start simple, you bring someone in, you'll see how it responds. And that may mean you need something different for your next staff member, or you learn something and you hire differently, perhaps the next time when that comes in. Because you also find that the training and other things needed for someone is perpetual. You're constantly having to explain what something is or why you want something done, particularly in the beginning, right? As you get to something, you you talk about how you handle an account. Well, uh, it may not be natural, right? So you might feel comfortable because you can handle an account, make a decision because quite honestly, it's your money. You as the business owner choose that I'm willing to make this decision. I, as an employee may choose not to, because it's like, well, I don't really want to take a risk that I say something and you're upset. Do I get fired? Like, it's probably better if I do nothing. And I think the same thing also goes for how you treat people, right? And and this obviously has nothing to do with how you treat people. But, you know, did you create an environment in one that they know it's okay to make mistakes? It's okay to try. It's okay to do things. Because if you have gone and done something and your head got chewed off, do you think you're likely to raise your head above the ground again next time? Or you're just going to sort of come in, do your work and go home and not worry about all those situations that may come up. So it's like, what is that environment like? And what have you done to foster one where people feel not just that they're valued, but the effort they're putting in is valued? You know, it's understood they probably will make mistakes. And what are you doing to help them through that? You know, what's your tenor like when something goes wrong? I've always believed the, the worst the situation is I need to inversely respond with level of calmness. So if something's really, really bad, I've got to be overly, overly calm to make sure things don't spin out and that we, we can feel good and everybody knows it's going to be all right. And I think that's critical um, in the tone and tenor you set as a leader or owner of that organization, because everyone else is going to follow along. Wow. I'm like nodding my head. I wish our listeners could see this. Maybe we will end up putting some of this video out because exactly what you described, I I feel that, you know, um, and when you add in things and conversations with clients, like speaking from my own point of view, I had a situation with a team member where a client was asking her for extra services and she wasn't sure how to handle that. Like how you said, it's, it's our money, it's Meraki's money. So it was a very uh, challenging situation, also stressful on my team members, stressful on our culture here at Meraki Media Management, and then also stressful on the client. And yeah, it was, it took a lot of stability, staying calm for me. Like I have to meditate sometimes not answer right away. Um, But I also love what you mentioned about the expectations. And I know we keep coming back to that. A lot of our listeners are perfectionists. So just like myself. So when I am 
speaking with a team member or even speaking with a client going in with this like sense of wholeheartedness and holding space for them, realizing and reminding myself that we're all human, you know, mistakes will occur because that's just natural and not having this really uh, uncomfortable (laughs) energy around that and just allowing it to flow has helped me communicate with my team members and also hear what they have to say. Um, And a lot of the times because they're in the business communicating with these clients, they have great feedback, you know, so when you can create that open community, you can also gain a lot of knowledge that you might not be collecting if you're showing up with this perfectionism, different type of stark energy. Um, just speaking from my own like situation and being able to monitor and lead my team through a situation, like I just mentioned with a client, it's it's a lot to manage when it comes to your mindset because then you have to get on the next sales call, you know, and like put it on and make it look great and sell them, which I know has at times been difficult transition for me. So, you know, with our last question here today, is there anything that you could share with us in that aspect? I feel like you've already given us so much to think about um, in today's episode. Well, you, you've hit on one of my favorite sayings, and that is, don't let perfection become the enemy of good enough. Mm-hmm. And on its surface, that sounds a little um, <laughs> cheeky. But what I mean by that is there's a difference between bringing your whole self and being perfect, uh, being focused and bringing your whole self to something, giving um, that client the attention they deserve is fine. Right. And and I get that. Right. It's we have so much going on in our lives, being able to compartmentalize and say, I'm here with you where we are. And I think that is important, but that's not the same as perfection. Part of the reason is I don't even know how to define perfection because, you know, perfection for you and perfection for me on the exact same thing could be different. So you may never be able to meet your client's idea of perfection because your idea is different. Um, the other thing is we are constrained in the amount of time we have. And I think sometimes if you look at how much more time gives you how much more value, um, you do, you know, I hate to throw out the 80, 20 rule, but you do so much and that's great. You could probably spend another eight hours. You might get a 1% improvement. Is that going to matter? It does, has that taken you away from other things you need to do? That doesn't mean you're not giving your client your best right? Um, We are all pulled in a million directions from home and family and friends and whatever relationships we have and work and all the people at work that our time is probably the most valuable thing we have that we have control over. And so knowing that we are in the moment, but that we give it that space. And then I, I think where I often find we get struggle is we carry a lot in our mind because we're uncertain about things like, oh, I've got this hanging over me and that hanging me over me and I don't know what to do. And, you know, years ago, I learned this great trick that I often come back to, which is the mind has this way of just keep circling on stuff. And what you need to do is almost make a decision on it. And that decision is either one, I am going to deal with it and I'm going to deal with it right now. Two, It's important I need to deal with it, 
but I don't have the time to do it, but I'm going to, I'm going to allocate a time. So I know at Friday at three o'clock, I'm going to deal with it. And it's funny how quickly that goes out of your head or three. I'm going to give myself the grace to say, I just can't focus on this. I, there's a lot of things I'm going to have to let this go. It's okay. There's a lot of things that people let go in business. You just have to, because you don't have the time to put it all around and say, I'm going to give myself the grace to let this go. Cause I don't think it's as high of a risk. And as a result, we're fine. Whatever happens will happen, but I think we've done the best we can for now. And I think those are always important things um, because every day, if I want to, I can finish and say there were six other things I should have done or there's something else that should have happened. I don't think there's anyone who said, again, I should have spent more time with my kids or whatever that may be. And I think we're all human. We're all doing our best. This is where readjusting, if you want to think about it each day and think about what do I want to be or what am I trying to do? That's important. But you've got to give yourself that room to know you are human, um, you're doing your best and set yourself up to make the best choices possible. And then if you don't like the choice you made, great, learn from it and figure out what that means for the future and go on from there. But don't fall into the trap to believe that anybody's got it all right. Nobody's got it all right. There's nobody out there who's got it all together and it's working perfectly and everything is just hunky-dory and they're singing zippity-doo-dah the whole way along. It's just not true. You may not see it, they may not let it out, but we're all going through the struggle. I think we've all seen that particularly over the last three years and give yourself that grace to work through it and know you're going to have to make choices and trade-offs and that's okay. Beautifully said. I feel like that's a perfect message to leave everybody with today. Um, is there any way that you could share more about your podcast with us or another area um, if anybody is interested in getting connected with you? Um, yeah. What are those best ways for yeah, us? Yeah, Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, well, the name of the podcast that I uh, host is the Accelerate to Achieve podcast. And um, that is a podcast where we look to provide very tactical and uh, immediate action advice to business owners and leaders that in a short form where they're able to take it on and it deals with everything from HR practices, how to hire and fire people to robotic process automation to leadership, you name it. We try to cover the, the wide gamut. Um, that's on all the different podcasts podcasts. Uh, platforms. Uh, you can find it out there. Um, and if anyone's interested in contacting me, um, I'm on LinkedIn at Ryan F is in Frank Walter. Uh, and also you're welcome to reach out and contact me directly. I'd welcome that. My email address, if you ever have a question or just want to talk through something, I love talking to people is Ryan F Walter, R-Y-A-N-F-W-A-L-T-E-R at hotmail.com. Awesome. And we'll have everything linked below. I know a lot of our listeners are multitasking, so we'll have all of the links for you all to get in touch with Ryan, listen to his podcast. He has been such a guiding light in my life and in my business. So I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The End in Mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer 
were def several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.